My name is Jason Salomi and this is Perfection, an athlete's perspective. For those who don't know people, this is Matt Cooper, GB Fencer, you know, fifth year dental student, only 22 years old. Um, yeah, yeah, 22. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, in researching for this episode, I genuinely had no idea how difficult fencing is. And <laughs> I was looking at, at your event, at the Epe event particularly, and the absolute speed that you guys are moving at and the speed that that weapon is moving at is, is just insane, man. Um, yeah, I think a lot of people don't realise kind of what true fencing is at a high level. It's always very different to what people expect it to be. They always expect it to be very like, slow move, very athletic. But yeah, the, at the top level, it's very intense. It is, man. Um, and if you don't mind me asking, how did you come across fencing? Did someone recommend it to you? or? Uh, so my coach that I have still now um, started off at my school just doing some after-school clubs. Okay. And I pretty much tried every sport possible when I was younger and just thought it sounded something a bit different. I thought I'd have a go. Um, and then just took to it straight away pretty much. And then yeah. after about a year or so doing it casually, I started to think, right, let's put some time into this and uh, started doing it a bit more full time. Yeah. Two nights a week and now now I'm here. So, yeah, yeah. I've just progressed from there after school club. Yeah, I mean, it obviously turned out pretty well for you. And <laughs> yeah. was there ever a point, you know, when you when you were fencing when you were younger where you thought, you know, oh, maybe this sport isn't for me or did it just come naturally to you and you just kind of stuck with it? Yeah, it's it's just been one of them things where I just started it and everything just kind of fit together. Um, before, I, before I was fencing, I actually swimming quite a lot. Okay. And I was always a decent swimmer, but no matter how much work I put in, I never could take it to that next level. Yeah. But then as soon as I started fencing, it just kind of all clicked together and it just took off and just slowly progressed up to to where I never expected to, to be honest. And now I'm senior GB squad, so. And, and was the Epe, was that more natural for you in comparison to the other events or did you? So I've never actually tried the other ones. It's just my coach does Epe. So oh, I've right. just oh. always started straight from Epe and done that from the beginning. Um, so yeah, I've never actually tried the other weapons. Um, but now, I, now I've kind of, progressed through the sport I didn't even realize there was other types of weapons when I first started yeah um but I, I've realized that Epe is the, the kind of the one for me anyway with my kind of personality type so so it just kind of all worked out really well mm. and and you said you know your personality type um kind of relates to your sport how does that how does that kind of link up yeah so the three different weapons the the styles are very different in terms of fencing so FA I do is a bit more kind of patience um, the way it works is um, you can both hit each other at any point of the match and you can hit each other at any point on the body with the tip of the sword yeah so that makes it a bit more cage than the other ones because the other ones have kind of priority rules so if someone attacks first they then get priority and um, you're working more off a priority based uh, situation whereas FA's you can hit from any point of the bout um, anyway on the body so it, it makes it a bit more kind of patience and a waiting game yeah. uh, than the other ones and the other ones are a bit more explosive so Sabre I don't know if you looked into that one but that's that's really explosive off the mark whereas Epe usually starts a bit more cagey than Sabre and then kind of ramps up through that the fight. So so essentially you sort of start off and you're basically waiting for the perfect moment to strike. That's it yeah so you're just like feeling out your opponent to start with um, 
some matches go on for quite a long time with no hits. They've started to change the rules actually to mm -hmm. uh, to make sure that there's not a long period of time where there's no fencing happening. Yeah. So uh, yeah, there's been a rule change recently where it kind of forces fencers to to kind of engage with each other instead of sitting back and, and waiting too much for that moment. Because if both fencers just decide to sit back, mm -hmm. then it can end up that nothing happens. So they've changed yeah. the rules with a, with a time period that if you're behind, it kind of negatively impacts the score for you. So when you're behind, you've got to kind of actively engage in the fight, which it to start with, it's it was quite difficult to get your head around. And it's been a little bit difficult with the referees as well to get their head around. Yeah. But, um, it does kind of force the sport to be a bit more active. Um, so I think it could be a positive thing in the end, the rule change. Definitely. I mean, um, you know, I play American football. You know, I, I can kind of relate to a sport a little bit. That's what kind of drew me to, to fencing. I thought I've never really looked into fencing. And, you mm. know, you're such a good fencer. So I decided to do a bit of research. And when I was watching some epic bouts, there's some things that I'd, like, I'd like to talk with you about that can maybe kind of relate to my game because... In my, yeah, position, yeah. in my position, when I'm, um, I'm covering someone, I'm following someone around the field um, and I have to be pretty close to them, it is a little bit like yours. It's kind of like chess. I, I have mm. to wait for them to move first for me to react. Um, yeah, exactly, yeah. So with, with you, how, how do you kind of train like, your reaction? Is it, is it just always fencing-specific or is there stuff you do outside that kind of relates to that? Yeah, so uh, mostly fencing-specific because... Fencing is one of them sports that I found the only thing to properly improve your fencing is to just fence. Like it's very hard sport to recreate the movements and the reactions through like kind of false pretenses. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the more time you fence, the better it is really than trying to set something up that kind of changes your uh, or impacts your uh, responses. Yeah. Some people do use them kind of, uh, I don't know if you've seen them, like light box things that you can like react to. Oh, yeah. Like yeah, yeah kind that. of things. Yeah. yeah. Quite a lot of people use them. But um, I actually personally haven't had a go with them. And I think I think the main thing you can do is is just fence. and Because mm -hmm. you've got to see the timing of the, the kind of the blade coming towards you and how it's coming towards you and how your opponent's moving towards you that then initiates your reaction to what they're doing. And I don't think you can get that from doing lights, personally. Yeah, yeah. But, um, but it is something I'd be worth uh, maybe kind of looking into in the future. But at the moment, I personally think that fencing's the way forward to increase that reaction time. Do you do any kind of light box training kind of stuff? You know, the, the funniest thing is, so when I, when I grew up I was in the gym and stuff, we had a, um, this is weird machine that like used to give us different lights. Um, mm. And you, you used to look into it and you basically have to follow each colour. So, I don't know, the coach would say green, and you have to follow each of the green lights and stuff like that. So, I've, I've done kind of similar stuff like that before, but um, like, like you say, really, a lot of, a lot of people, I think, kind of overcomplicate um, their sport mm. sometimes in that I think the best way to train for your sport, mostly, um, you know, there's other stuff you can do, obviously, that really help, but it's just to play your sport. Um, yeah, yeah. And th the more you do that, you'll often find that the, the better you are. Um, but actually, speaking of, of, of training outside of sport a little bit, I'm get I'm guessing more from from what I've seen and what I've what I've been researching. Um, you guys have a lot of you know, it's a lot of balance work, you know. So um, how how do you train your balance and and do you do any core work? Yeah, so fencing is quite a 
difficult one to do strength and conditioning for actually yeah, um definitely yeah because most kind of personal trainers and that want to get you you really strong and and fit mm-hmm. but with strength also comes weight and sometimes weight isn't helpful when you're fencing you need to be quite mobile as well yeah so yeah i focus a lot on balance and mobility and basically just spend a lot of time um standing on my leg as simple as it sounds kind of one leg balancing making sure i can close my eyes and balance at the same time and then i also do quite a few kind of like balancing on one leg rotations at the hip keeping balanced um i've used a little balance board as well i've been doing single leg squats on balance boards um things like that so yeah just kind of mixing it up um the lockdown over covid caused me to uh get a bit experimental with the, the balance boards and everything so if you look on my instagram i've got some videos of me playing about with them and juggling oh, yeah. and doing it all weird things at the same time there's some good stuff on there man um <laughs> and, and i know i noticed as well um in your sport i don't know i mean i i saw a bit of uh, strength and conditioning stuff on youtube um there's a french guy doing it i forgot his name he's an olympian and uh, he was doing some like unilateral work. So like, I think he was doing like split squats and um, a lot of like single leg Romanian deadlifts. Is that stuff that, that you do? Yeah. 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 So I've definitely been working that in. Um, I actually took the decision over lockdown to uh, put a little bit of weight on just because now I'm moving into the senior ranks. Okay. Those guys are, are usually all a bit uh, kind of bigger and heavier set just because they're older than me. Mm. So, I took the decision and the time out over lockdown when I had to, to, uh, to kind of look into my nutrition and yeah. uh, see about putting some weight on. And it's gone quite successfully, actually. I'm feeling a lot more powerful. Mm-hmm. Now I've put a little, little bit of weight on. I went from about 12.3 to about 13 stone. Flipping and I'm quite happy, with, quite happy with where I'm at, at the minute. So my yeah. plan is to just maintain there and, uh, and then work on the mobility in that side while I'm at this heavier weight. Mm. and see where that takes me when I get back to competitions because when you're kind of trying to physically beat these guys and the seniors the senior tour it's quite difficult to to outmuscle these big guys that have been doing it for so many years yeah so uh, so yeah I'm hoping that really helps me when I get back to competitions and is that is that something that you just decided to do yourself or did you consult anyone before making that decision no well I've talk to my coach about it but uh, it was more of a, a personal decision on how I feel when I'm fencing yeah and I just feel like sometimes I can get out muscled when I'm like just moving up to the to senior ranks so yeah I think it's it's definitely maybe more uh, powerful mm-hmm. um, I'm just hoping it doesn't kind of prevent that agile side of things coming forward but I don't think it will do I think it's only added to that to be honest because I haven't gone too much with it um so yeah, I think it'll really help me when I get back. I think I think you'd be fine, man. Um, and just just kind of wondering as well because in American football, because it's so tactical, um, we spend hours watching film, game film of our opponents, and you know how they move, and we have scouting reports. You know this guy is a good quarterback, or or you know whatever. Is there? Yeah. How do you how do you prepare um, in terms of that going for fencing? Do you watch film or? Yeah, so I personally watch a lot. There's a lot on YouTube of different competitions. And mm-hmm. if you you can kind of watch the tour throughout the year, most of the competitions are streamed uh, live on YouTube. So, yeah, um, oh yeah, I've spent many hours watching uh, 
a lot of the top guys. The only the only problem is with fencing with it not being so kind of in the media mm-hmm. and there being so many participants in each competition. You've only ever really watched the top guys who get into like the last sixty fours or second days. Yeah. So to get up to fencing them guys, you've got to beat quite a lot of people that you've never watched fence before. Yeah. So it can be quite difficult coming against people mm-hmm. you've not met. But mm-hmm. um, I kind of quite enjoy the the challenge of not have watched someone before. It can sometimes be a barrier to you when you kind of come on against someone that you've watched quite a bit. Yeah. And you kind of you think they're going to do a certain thing and then they don't. And then sometimes it can put you off. But but that's just yeah, another challenge of the sport that you've got to overcome. So. Yeah, you can't. You kind of start to guess instead of react. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely. I, I definitely. I think. I think a lot of. Uh, athletes you know listen to this could probably, probably um, relate to that you, you watch too much game film and you're over prepared so you start to guess you watch too little and you know there are tells you know when about these certain things that you've missed because you just haven't seen it enough so it's i guess i guess i don't know it's kind of like a balance with with, with watching your opponents and that's it yeah yeah i found the best thing is to to watch as much as i can mm-hmm. and then kind of just take what I've watched with a pinch of salt so I know what their uh, kind of best moves are, their weaknesses, their strengths. Yeah. But then also just try and be in that moment when you're fencing. I think that's the, the key thing about fencing. I think it's very much a mental game, uh, yeah. fencing. It's very, very tactical. Like you say that, it's usually described as a kind of physical chess fencing. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that tactical mental side is one of the key aspects of it. And and because it's because it's so it can be so drawn out, especially your your event. How do you stay focused? What is your mindset? Because I used to have a really difficult time when I was younger because of my position. Like I said, I'm following people around and I'm I'm, I'm running with people and stuff. Um, before the, the the ball is snapped in American football, when I was younger, especially, I, my mind used to just wander. And mm-hmm. I used to play cricket as well. And when I used to field, and you, you're out there for twenty, fifty, whatever overs your mind just wanders. How do you make sure that you just stay focused during your match? Yeah, so the mental side is something I've been having to really work on the past kind of few years. Mm. Um, it's mainly for me being nerves and kind of overthinking when I'm there. Yeah. So for me, I've actually had to kind of go the other way and try and chill myself out a bit while I'm at competitions and not, not really think about it too much and just mm-hmm. kind of be there. Um, over the lockdown, I've really got into kind of using mindfulness and... Uh, kind of trying to control that focus on that one task at hand of what you're doing. So that's, that's one of my main key goals for when I get back to competitions is to to really use that mindfulness that I've been doing over the, the lockdown period and apply it to just focusing in the, that kind of just the right here, right now kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And and so so now that lockdown is, well, I guess, eased, are you back in the gym? Are you back in, in, in training? What, what's going on with you right now? Yeah, so I'm back to the gym now and we can do a little bit of sparring now. The rules have, have stated that we can spar, but with uh, kind of a bit more extra protection on. Mm-hmm. And um, we're not allowed to... There's a move called a flesh. Um, I don't know how much into fencing you look, but no, it's kind I, of a, a running I, attack. Yeah, I look deep into it, man. It's flipping his brain. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we're not allowed to flesh each other at a minute just to kind of try and keep our distance, so... Yeah, it's mainly mainly wrist work, footwork. Um, but yeah, that I've been hitting the gym pretty hard since since we were allowed back. Mm-hmm. Um, nearly every every day of the week at the minute. Yeah. Um, like I said, putting that 
a little bit more weight on getting that strength up for when I get back. Um, I'm, I'm doing mostly strength-based work at the minute. Um, my, my program at the minute is mainly strength-based and then I'm going to change it to a bit more plyos when we get back to more competitions because we're, we're yet to have a, a confirmed competition date for when we get back. So oh, once we get that, I'll, I'll uh, change back to more kind of plyometric work. Yeah. And, and what, what does your... So tell me through your, your average day because um, I, know, I know you're at uni as well. So what, yeah. what's, your, what's your average day like? Yeah, so my uni's uh, just starting to ramp up again and get pretty full on. Um, a lot of the time, we're usually nine to five at uni, but mm. uh, at the minute, we're just in most mornings. So usually it's nine o'clock start at uni, uh, finish about 12 on clinic, because um, I've been treating patients all morning, and then usually gym in the afternoon, have a nice session get back, have a nice rest, and then get off to uh, fencing training at night time. That mm-hmm. includes kind of sparring and lessons. And yeah. then um, that's usually pretty much all I ever do, get to bed, get to bed early and start it all over again. <laughs> and and, that's, and that's, that's pretty much every day, I'm guessing. Yeah, well, actually at the minute, um, at the weekends, I'm working a weekend job to, to fund some of my competitions. So mm-hmm. I'm actually doing Saturday, Sunday, working nine to five, and then, throughout the week union training that is that is a grind. yeah pretty pretty full-on at the minute yeah yeah i, I mean I, i'm not gonna lie to you man i don't miss being at union doing that kind of thing nine to five <laughs> in, yeah. in all the time and then training after it's just i think it's easier when when you graduated you know it does get easier and hopefully you know with, with how good you are you know fencing can become you know your full-time your full-time job but it's definitely it's definitely easier anyway after you've left uni um, yeah. One thing I've noticed as well in fencing, I, mean, I I don't understand like, I don't actually physically understand how you guys keep your arm up for that long. Um, <laughs> I, I was I was watching a few matches, a, a few GB matches, and um, I was thinking to myself, surely their shoulders are absolute bits because because I play American football, it's such an explosive sport, so I don't have to. I mean, I, I, you can train, you know, isometric holds and stuff like that, you know, you know, keeping yourself in a certain position for time, but it's not essential. I, I can only imagine for you guys, it must be essential. How, how do you deal with that? Yeah, definitely. So, um, the, I think the main thing has come from just fencing over the years, just kind of building up that, that endurance and that strength just through doing the actual actions. But yeah, like you say, Isometric holds definitely part of the the list of uh, S and C that I do. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's it's a funny mix between endurance, keeping that arm up, and also having that explosive power when you need it, mm. um, and that strength in all different directions for all different parries that you have to take as well. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it just it just kind of slowly builds up over the years of of just going through the the motions while you're fencing. Yeah, definitely, and. Um... So when, when you're competing for GB, you know, um, it must be, it must be quite, I guess, nerve wracking because there is a crowd there and, you know, there are people that you know that are watching stuff. How do you deal with the nerves? You know, um, do you have a tactic or do you just go out there? Yeah. So as I said earlier, the nerves have kind of been my biggest, uh, like struggle to get past over the last few years. Mm-hmm. Um, I found that if I just throw myself into the match and really just focus on trying to defeat that opponent in front of me 
I usually just forget about the crowd around me. Like I've been in a few finals, like the British Championships finals. I just, when I think back to it, like there's a massive grandstand full of people. Yeah. And I just didn't really acknowledge that they were there at all. You just kind of block it out your mind and focus on the task at hand. Yeah. Just focus on that, that person that stood in front of you and that's all you can do really. Um, so in, in some aspects, I really enjoy the, the, the act of um, having a bit of a crowd. Um, yeah. It quite excites me sometimes as long as it doesn't overwhelm me. Yeah. But yeah, on the most hand, when I have a crowd, I usually kind of live up to it and quite like it. That's brilliant, man. But, but uh, like you say, yeah, sometimes the nerves can overcome you, but usually I can get it back on track with some breathing, just refocusing on what I'm doing. Uh, and usually just going back to the basics as well. Sometimes if I get overwhelmed, I'm like, oh God, what am I doing? What are they doing? Mm-hmm. But if I just think, right, set my own guard nice, what am I doing? What's the tactic? What am I focusing on? And just trying to focus on that, either one action or on that one thing that I'm trying to get my opponent to do, that usually sets me back straight. Yeah, that's a, that's a great way to look at it, man. Um, just kind of sticking, remaining focused and kind of letting everything come to you because you've, you've done it for so long anyway. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's natural to you. That's another thing, the, 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 my, my own self-confidence that my technique and everything will be there when I need it is something that I've had to, to really work on. Yeah. So so something over the last few years that I've really been building on is, is just believing in myself that everything I need is going to be there when I need it. And uh, it's really, really took, took me to another level, that self-confidence. I, that, that's the thing. That's something that I think everyone can kind of relate to. Um, just knowing that if you've, if you've worked on something you know, it's going to be there when you need it. You know, if you've worked the yeah. right way and you've, you know, trained the work right way, put whatever you do in your, in your body and, you know, you've, you've done the preparation, you know that when the time comes, it's going to be there. Um, mm-hmm. And I remember a coach, one of my coaches was telling me that, you know, I think something along the lines of, if you're, if you're too nervous, um, it's, a, it's a bad thing. And if you're not nervous enough, it's a good thing. Like you should be sort of in the, in the middle where you should be sort of, nervously you know kind of excited for competition but also you should be excited for the fact that you've prepared for this and it's going to go well because you've prepared very well yeah definitely um i've definitely have a, a kind of an optimum um kind of state in the in the middle of like you say not being too overexcited or being too underexcited mm. um and i've definitely been both ways in competitions as well like when you do yeah. a lot of competitions in a row you get there and you're like feeling a bit kind of not not quite there not quite activated enough but I'm starting to realize my own kind of tells and what I need to do to to either spike that up to to the middle or kind of bring it down if I'm overexcited yeah um, but yeah I, I completely agree with that yes it's, it's all about kind of knowing yourself and and kind of speaking of, of knowing yourself and your abilities as well obviously moving up to seniors is, is, is a massive step um, yeah well how are you dealing with that mentally because I think physically you know, you've done you've done a great job putting on on the size. Yeah. So um, as again, I think that the confidence has been the main thing for me. Mm. If you've not got the confidence in your own abilities when you start fencing, you're just getting absolutely crushed by these guys that are full of confidence. Yeah. They come on the piece like they own it, and they just they just take control of you completely. So mm. I think the best thing you can do is just really believe in yourself and just really go for it when you're on the piece. And that's something I'm really trying to ingrain in myself to yeah. do so like you say I've worked on that physical side um, put the hours in with my lessons and 
I just need to go on with a lot more self-confidence than I, than I have been doing in the past and at juniors especially. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but I've done the full junior circuit uh, around the world twice now. So oh, brilliant. It, kind of, it, it gives you that experience of, so you know what to expect. Yeah. And you just kind of got to take it as the same kind of thing. Like these the guys have all been through what you've been through in the juniors. Yeah. And you just got to see it as a, another opponent in front of you and not that these, these big guys in seniors. It's just someone else in front of you that you're fencing. And when it when it comes to you're you're fencing someone, you know, he's been more experienced than you. And let's say, for example, you know, that power dynamic has is kind of shifted and they're kind of on top of you. How mm-hmm. do you kind of shift that back in your favour? Yeah, so it is one of the, the most difficult things in fencing is to kind of take the reins in a way and um, yeah. you can you can control your opponent through either footwork or the blade work. And those top senior guys really know how to, to take control of, of what you're doing and uh, kind of take all the momentum away from you. Yeah. But I found the best thing I can do is, like I said before, throw myself into it. And I actually quite enjoy the challenge of having that someone that's maybe a bit well-known, uh, one of the top guys. Yeah. I usually kind of step my performance up uh, when I'm when I'm taking on the challenge of someone like that. So I actually sometimes prefer having that person that, that kind of that thinks that they're going to kind of dominate me, but then actually I'm kind of that, like the underdog. And I, I quite like that situation to be in. So. Yeah. It's, it's kind of like, you know, you kind of get a shot at the King kind of thing, you know, and yeah, yeah. you know, any, any athlete likes to, to compete against someone better than them. Otherwise what's the point, you know, and yeah. if you beat someone better than you, then well, then you're the best, aren't you? Um, yeah. I, I kind of I wanted to know does it does it hurt when um, when the blades hit you? I get asked that so many times <laughs> about fencing. Yeah, does it, does it hurt? Does um, it hurt? Not not generally. No, like you get the very odd kind of bruise here and there if the blades hit you in an awkward angle. But yeah, on the whole, it it doesn't really hurt. It's just you, you can sometimes get the odd kind of pressure sore or flick or something that does hurt but yeah on the on the whole it's uh, very safe doesn't doesn't hurt overly it's definitely not at all anywhere near being like shot by paintball or anything like that <laughs> so uh, yeah it's not it's not too bad um so let's talk about recovery um what is what does your recovery look like is, is it different for like an average training session in comparison to a, to a competition or is it all kind of the same thing yeah, pretty much quite similar. Um, I I really believe in foam rolling. I think that is mm. something that's just taken me to another level of kind of injury prevention. Yeah. Um, I do quite a lot of stretching and mobility. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also recently um, connected with, I don't know if you've heard of NeuroCore. No, um, no. The, they're a brand that do kind of microcurrent stimulation. Oh, wow. So, uh, so it's like a little device that you you pop on your muscles, and it kind of makes your muscles slowly contract, and it kind of flushes out anything that's in there. Um, oh, I've actually found that really helpful for after you know if I've done like a long run or uh, had a really intense sparring session, your legs are feeling quite kind of like you get that like lactic acid feeling. Um, oh, I yeah. found it's quite helpful for that for the next morning. So, oh, so yeah, kind of a mixture of everything. Mm-hmm. And and is that are you, are you working your recovery every single day or is it just off the training sessions? Yeah, so foam rolling every day. Uh, yeah. I've made that a bit of a staple. 
Mm-hmm. Um, I just can feel the benefits if I've done it or not done it. Uh, yeah. Mobility, stretching, I usually do a few times a week mm-hmm. uh, on top of that. And then the NeuroCore I usually use uh, kind of when I've had a heavy session. So. Yeah. What, what, is it, what is it for you in terms of recovery? What, what do you focus on? Oh, for me? Oh, my goodness. Um, all right. So I, okay, so for example, today I, did, I was doing some plyos. Um, so after my plyos, I do like some isometric holds. Um, I, I basically stay in my, my stance. Um, I do 30 seconds each. And, you know, I remember I was speaking to my trainer about it and he was like, you know, when you do them, you'll feel them. I was like, nah, no way, it's 30 seconds. And for whatever reason, whenever you do holds, 30 seconds feels like... Oh, it burns so bad. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, honestly, I, for some reason, I, I actually asked him, like, like, does this ever get easier? He's like, maybe, I don't know. And he's like, you have to find out later on. So I'll, I'll do some, I'll do some isometric holds. Um, and then I'll, I'll make sure I always walk home, home from the gym. Yeah, mm. Yesterday, I was so tempted to get my girlfriend to give me a lift home. But I thought, you know what? <laughs> you know what? I, have to, I, have to walk, I have to walk this. So yeah. I'll, I'll just get home and I'll, I'll do some more stretches. I'll, I'll stretch my groin out. I've got a pretty weak groin um, from having a bad posture, from spending my whole childhood playing Xbox. But... I'm trying to get over that and um, yeah I stretch my groin uh, glutes and hamstrings because you know American football is such an uh, explosive sport and if you ask most sprinters you know most sprinters always get glute injuries and hamstring injuries Um, so I I really focus on those and then I do some upper body mobility as well uh, make sure I'm I'm nice and loose going into the next day so I can I can do the same thing again like you said you know just just keep keep grinding so so we get better yeah yeah Sounds pretty similar. Yeah, spend a lot of time on my like hips. I found that's one of the key things for me. Mm-hmm. Um, my hips get quite tight from being that kind of it, the on guard stance that you're standing for most of the time when you're fencing is quite kind of an awkward position for for something that if someone did it like out of the blue that had never fenced, it's really like a strain on all of your like your glutes and your quads yeah, and everything. Exactly. So, uh, so yeah, I spend a lot of time kind of getting them hips loosened out. I find if I don't do that for a few days, they get they get really tight. In. And uh, usually, like, I actually sometimes get a bit of a groin pull if I don't keep doing that hip mobility. Yeah. So, yeah, something that I definitely focus on as well. Yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how the human body works. I had, I had no idea that the reason I had groin issues is because my glutes just... Yeah. And I, I remember seeing my physio and I was talking to him and he was, I was like... I was like, I don't, it doesn't make sense. Like, I squat this much, I deadlift this much. How, how is this happening? He's like, well, basically, what a lot of people go through, um, and this is just, just everyone, in putting, because we sit down so much, our glutes just basically think, oh, well, I'm not needed now, so I just kind of go to sleep. And they just, they just basically never wake up. Um, so I've, I've pretty much made it a point since lockdown to really activate my glutes every single morning. And it, the differences have been amazing, you know, my posture and... Just walking around, I feel faster when I run as well. It's it's ridiculous how the human body works, man. I found something quite similar. I um, quite a few years back now, I had quite bad like lower back pain. Yeah, um, it got that bad where I thought I was never going to be able to fence again. Um, mm. And I had some physio, and it didn't take that long that they were like, activate your glutes, pull your core in, and after a few months, I just felt better than I ever have done. And like you say, you just start feeling a lot more powerful when your glutes are activated. And it's definitely yeah. feel a difference when you've not done it. You do. And it, it's, it's so weird how, like, 
how that isn't as more commonly known. Like most people don't realize, you know, the reason why they have lower back pain isn't because they're getting old or, you know, it's, it's because your, your glutes are basically not working, which is pulling your, your back forward through your hips. And it's, it's, it's mental how, how it all works, especially how, how, it, um, how it pertains to athletes. Um, you're with exosuit as well, man. Um, you know, what do you use your exosuit top for? How does it benefit you in your training and your preparation? Yeah, so I've been using it for training nearly every sparring session now. Mm. Um, I found it really useful for for lessons mainly. I can feel it just that kind of shoulder awareness of where your arm is. Yeah. Because um, yeah. the technique's really kind of best word to use is probably quite, quite sensitive so mm-hmm. it's all about what your kind of wrist position your shoulder position you don't want to be throwing your shoulder into anything you want to be doing it all from the leg so you can really feel if you start to throw your shoulder into a kind of a move that you shouldn't have because uh, you can feel that kind of proprioception from the, the suit kind of holding that shoulder yeah. so yeah I've, i found it really diff- uh, really helpful for uh, for sparring and uh, i'm really looking forward to getting to competitions and trying out there and uh, seeing how, how it affects you. And I also feel really powerful in it as well. I feel like it's helped me with, um, if I do shoulder press with, uh, with it on, yeah. I feel a lot more powerful with it. It's so, it's so weird how, how it works, man. I mean, um, I've actually, you know, I've got a few PBs with, with some shoulder press and, you know, some bench stuff. And I, I genuinely, you know, I, I, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't like endorse something I didn't believe in. Um, but, when I tried it out, I was like, this is actually pretty good, to be honest with you. I can, I can see why, why it's getting so much backing. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, the one, th- one thing I was worried about it with was uh, if it was going to be too warm under all my gear because mm-hmm. we, we have a plaster on underneath and we have a, a top jacket over the top. But I found it no different to any usual like, undertops from any of the top brands. Yeah. So, so, yeah, really positive in that aspect as well. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, the the whole point of me kind of starting this this podcast is is I just want to I like talking to people from different sports and different disciplines about how they how they prepare and approach their game and you know kind of trying to apply it to my game you know and then trying to take me to the next level and you know some of the stuff you've spoken about man you know particularly the the vision and 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 the balance stuff and you know with with your core I'm, I'm definitely gonna gonna look to well, I don't want to because I know it's going to hurt, but <laughs> I'm going to look to implement that in, 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 in my exercises, man. But um, but Matt, man, I really appreciate you talking to me today, man. It means a lot. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for having me on. It's been great. All right, man. Um, I'll speak to you soon.